0: Folks, the Winnipeg Jets have done it again. You know, they had a day of not so great news when it comes to some of their top stars, like Nikolai Ehlers. They had a major game in the evening against the Anaheim Ducks, welcoming back some Finnish legends like Temu Solani. And of course, this was a big outing. This was a chance for the Jets to add to the top of the division lead. Would they pull it off? Well, the answer is yes. Once again, the Jets have done the impossible, rallied from behind, and again, claim victory in improbable fashion we'll talk about winnipeg's exploits all on tonight's episode of locked on winnipeg jets You're locked on the hockey jets your daily podcast on the winnipeg jets part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss uh, never miss another episode. And as always, we just really love and appreciate your support. So thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, taking a look, of course, at this game, uh, the Jets just finished up playing Anaheim and Winnipeg ended up winning 3-2, which was um, a bit of an interesting one, right? So the Ducks, uh, they're, they're a pretty bad team, if we're being honest. Anaheim has conceded among the most uh, goals of any team in the NHL. And offensively, they just really haven't been doing a lot this season. Coming into this evening, they were 5-9-1. And and honestly, they've probably been a little bit fortunate to get five wins. That Ducks team is looking more like it's trying for a lottery pick than it is trying to stay competitive. So um, the Jets had a good chance here to come out and Really put their stamp on this game, win it authoritatively and, uh, you know, punish the ducks for some silly mistakes and make sure that they come out on the winning side. But the Jets instead came out looking a little flat. I wouldn't say that Winnipeg was necessarily awful. Like, you know, some of the games where they've played against, um, Dallas and and got smoked in the first period wasn't necessarily that kind of performance, but it was like a little too even at times against the ducks, um, like, no offense, right? Just understand the Jets are a team that think they're competitive and the Ducks are a team that know they're not. And so for Winnipeg to not really have the best start to this game, you know, you really want to see them dominate pressure early, get those offensive zone cycles going, and generally dictate the pace of the game. But they just weren't doing that. Uh, and And towards the end of the first period, you know, The Jets ended up conceding more pressure, conceded some opportunities, and really could not get to the middle of the ice against the Ducks. And to make matters worse, Troy Terry scored a goal. I think they had um, an empty net situation on the delayed penalty, and Terry somehow snuck a shot through. Um, I believe it was a tip deflection from Cam Fowler or something in front of the net. Hellebuck didn't really have a great chance to stop it. And just like that, you know, the Jets found themselves once again down one nothing early to a team that they probably should not have been uh, trailing. But, you know, Winnipeg, as they often do, found a way to respond. And in the second period, I thought the Jets were a lot better. As the game kind of started to wear on, you saw the Jets creating more offensive zone pressure and John Gibson frankly bailed out Anaheim on some unbelievably dangerous chances. There were times where he was flailing about in the net, having to make three or four stops in the span of 5 seconds and they were all like right on the doorstep. So, you know, make no mistake, Anaheim was defensively very poor. The Jets were punishing uh or at least very close to punishing the Ducks for their mistakes and they got really close. It actually took a power play, though, for Winnipeg to finally crack through. This one came from Kyle Connor, who has been so snake bitten as of late. There was a puck right by Gibson's pad. Uh, You know, I think it was Dubois or something who got pushed into the net and um, Gibson got moved out of the way. But of course, this was a defender pushing Dubois or whoever it was. So it wasn't like it was really goaltender interference. They did do a check, but Connor had a great side view to just put the puck in the net and, and tie it up. And uh, just like that, you know, the Jets were tied 1-1. They had all the momentum. They looked like they could run away with it. But it wasn't until the third period where Winnipeg finally got another goal. And it actually took almost the the end of the period. It was like everything happening in the last five or six minutes of the game. Gagne, who had been promoted to the top line, found uh, Connor for a great pass. This one from a behind-the-net backhand pass. And it was a beauty. I mean, it was a perfect feed. Uh, Shifley recorded a secondary assist. Connor plants at home, and just like that, the Jets are up two one. The vibes were good; the fans were happy. But of course, the Jets kind of did the Jets, and less than thirty seconds later, you know, you've got Trevor Zegras tying it up on a really bad play from Morrissey and Pionk off of a bit of a busted neutral zone thing. Um, the, the Jets tried to intercept the puck, and instead, it found Adam Henrique, who was able to spring Zegras for an easy goal. So, just a really frustrating way to give up what should have been a a lead the Jets held for the rest of the game. Um, And it wasn't like anything, you know, Hellebuck did wrong. Helle was fine for the night. In fact, he made a number of great stops. It was just the Jets being really sloppy and Pionk really got caught in no man's land on this. So it kind of is what it is, you know, that's all I can say is it is what it is. Normally, you know, you would say, well, maybe you could switch the defensive pairings and stuff, but uh, the guy that I would put on the first pairing in place of Pionk is actually injured. Uh, DeMelo was not able to take the skates tonight. Heinola had gotten called up. And instead, um, we saw Sandberg being paired with Kyle Capobianco. I'll talk a little bit later about how that went. Um, I'm going to say right now, it, it wasn't so good, if we're being truthful. But, you know, at the end of the day, after the Zegers goal, the Jets were still buzzing. They were getting some really good late shifts in. And finally, miracle upon miracles, uh, Shifley had a great pass to Kyle Connor for the game winner, right at the, uh, the last minute of the game, you know, Shifley had been putting on a real good clinic and, and, you know, had been making some great passes that weren't being converted, but finally Connor rewarded his, his, you know, continual offensive creation and made it three, two for his hat trick uh, a really fun performance from Connor who has finally, you know, maybe gotten the monkey off of his back. He scored a couple of goals this year, but it's been pretty uh, few and far between, right? So a really important one for him to get going. And hopefully this kind of kickstarts that scoring form that we know he's totally capable of. And we've seen time and time again, it's just taken a little bit of time to get there. So hopefully the floodgates are open for for KFC. It's been a long time coming. He's been in the most dangerous areas, just hasn't really been able to actually put the puck away. But yeah, you know, for a, a, a game in which the Jets honestly did not have their best performance. You will take a three, two win. Um, I think the the really nice development is that Connor maybe has his confidence back, maybe has found the back of the net to start um, pushing out those, those goal scoring woes. Let's hope that is the last of him having like a 5% shooting percentage this season. Now, not everything from this game was ideal. And I want to kind of talk about that because I think there are some things that the jets are going to want to take a look at longer term, um, and getting, and getting ready for some really tough opponents like Pittsburgh, uh, Dallas, Carolina, the jets do not have an easy schedule from here and they'll need to be on their best behavior as they start, uh, you know, dealing with the next few games over this coming weekend and into next week. Um, thankfully the jets are going to be playing at home, at least for those games. So, you know, it's always nice to be on your own soil, but obviously still not easy opponents to deal with before we go any further though. I do want to shout out our friends and partners at betonline.net. Uh, Those of you who have heard me talk about BetOnline before, you probably have heard my spiel. But if you're not familiar, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. They've got the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You know, they've got everything from football to basketball, soccer, esports. Soccer is going to be a big one right now with the World Cup coming up. So if you're interested in placing some bets on some matches, whether it's, you know, France or Portugal or any of these other powerhouse nations, be sure to get those in. If you're looking for something a little bit different, they've also got automotive sports. Of course, they've got hockey, right? Because we're we're Winnipeg Jets fans. Why would they not have the Jets? But they most certainly do. And they've also got Vegas casino games. If you want to take a bit of a step back and do something that's maybe a little bit less sportsy, But if you're also looking for more than just betting, they've got things like sports podcasts, news articles, analysis, the whole nine yards. It's all available right at your fingertips with betonline.net it's super easy to get started. All you have to do is register for a free account at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device right now, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. In just a moment, we're going to take a look at some of the more uh, grittier details from Winnipeg's win over the Anaheim Ducks. Obviously, the win was awesome, very fun game in some areas, But there were some moments that I think Jets fans are probably not going to be super thrilled with. And I think Bones himself would probably have some questions about. Before we talk about that, though, I just wanted to shout out one of our other great podcasts. Uh, You should make this one your second listen of the day, and that podcast is Locked On Sports Today. It brings you the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports and helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts who give you the analysis that only Locked On can provide. It's available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube, so be sure to subscribe to Locked On Sports Today right now. Circling back to the Jets, um, Winnipeg obviously had... You know, a, a bit of an uneven performance, which we sort of expect, right? I mean, like this Jets team, would I say they're good? I think on certain days, yes. Uh, this team can actually be fantastic to watch. Um, but on the bad days, they they have moments where they kind of look like the Dave Lowry Jets, where they're disorganized, they're not really sure what they're doing, and they they have some really sloppy passing and stuff. So, you know, you, you kind of have like this pendulum swing of, of quality. And sometimes you get it in the same game. And I think that's kind of what we saw with this game. Um, I would say that the lows weren't like worst lows ever, but also, I mean, this is the Ducks, right? You really don't want to be conceding to the to the Ducks first. You don't want to look like you're struggling to score against them. That's not really the sign of what you hope for from a competitor. Now, what I will say is the Jets still managed to take care of business, and that is the mark of a competitor, right? That's what you want to see. But kind of diving under the surface, um, some things that I, I was kind of concerned about, I thought for one thing, the puck management for this team, again, wasn't great. That's been like a consistent theme this year. The Jets just don't really handle the puck super well under pressure. And even when they're not under pressure, they can either fling it out of uh, out into the stands, you know, under, you know, zero pressure whatsoever. They just sort of clear the puck blindly. And usually it's not a penalty, but every once in a while they get caught for that. Um, I also thought that the Jets maybe made a few too many passes to opposing defenders rather than to their teammates, which is, you know, not great, especially when it's like in the offensive zone and you have an opportunity to create a scoring chance and you give it up blindly, right? Um, It was just kind of like one of those games that's very mediocre. And I thought the Jets had a lot of perimeter passing for a while, but it felt like they weren't really getting into, you know, the dangerous area, which is in the center, right? Right in front of John Gibson. That's where you need to really be making um a lot of inroads and the jets just weren't really doing that for much of the game. So it took them a while. Eventually they started generating pressure. Once they had a power play or two, they started getting that slot penetration that they were looking for, but it it still took a while. Uh, And I think bones won't be thrilled with that. I think he'll also feel like the jets really didn't pressure enough against the ducks. And then he'll not be happy about the Zgris goal. That one, I think he'll be very upset about because you just taken the lead. You look like you had all the momentum and then Zgris comes and basically sucks all of the air right out of your sails less than a minute later. So he won't be happy about that, but he will be happy that inevitably, uh, or at the end of the game, the Jets ended up pulling out the win. Thankfully, Kyle Connor decided today was the day he's going to have a hat trick. Uh, that is awesome. So congrats to him. But, you know, I, I just think that this game, it's an interesting one, right? Because the Jets were kind of mediocre, but they still managed to get the results. So I, I guess that's Okay. Uh, I will say that you notice the loss of DeMello a lot in terms of like the stability of the defense and the calming aspect that he brings. Kyle Capobianco is trying his best, but he's clearly a guy who is mostly like a fringe NHLer, more likely um, a top four AHL defender. He just doesn't have the speed to read and react to situations in the way that you need to. And then when he would create passing lanes and stuff, he would miss the pass or give it to an opposing skater. So yeah, that's not great. Um, y- you can tell he's trying his best, but I really would Will get into a game days. I don't know how banged up Demelo is. Hopefully, he's not that bad off. But if he is, um, it would be nice to see Heinola get a game. I think Kyle did his best, but you know, Billy really just brings so much more skill. And the thing that you want to make sure that you don't do is continually piss off Heinola by calling him up and not really giving him games. He might be getting an NHL paycheck, but let's be real. He wants to be a contributor for this team, and I think he can bring some good skill sets that the team just doesn't really have right now. It's not like Kyle's bringing uh, a ton of size or physicality either. Um, In fact, on one of his pinches and stuff, he actually got knocked down by the opposing skater. So you're not really looking at him to be that stout defensive, Brendan Dillon-type presence. You want that puck-moving, puck-skating ability, and I think that's where Heinle is going to excel over most of the team, um, the team's current blue liner. So something to keep an eye on. We'll see how it pans out. Um, but hopefully as Heinle gets worked into practice, he's ready to go. And it seems like Bones does have a bit of a shine to him. So we'll see once that translates into actual ice time. Now, to close this out tonight, I did want to talk about one thing um, – Apologies, I think we might have just uh, cut out there real quick. I just wanted to say, um, obviously, you know, the Jets have some issues, but there was one thing I wanted to close out talking about, and that is the potential long-term absence of Nick Ehlers. Uh, That was really rough news to, to walk up to and wake up to this morning with the Jets, and it's going to have a downstream impact on what Winnipeg does heading into the upcoming next few weeks. We'll talk about what the implications are and some interesting things around the D market that might mean the Jets, more than ever, need to make a deal. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up real quick with some final thoughts on uh, some news that the Jets are are not going to be thrilled with. It seems like Nikolai Ehlers is uh, set to miss a number of games Bones, (laughs) he was a little bit cagey about how bad the injury is, but he wasn't able to practice yesterday or today. Or Actually, he was, I think, out on, I think he was in the lineup for practice on Wednesday, but today he wasn't able to make the skate. And when asked about the situation and what's going on with Ealers, you know, Bones said nothing is off the table, and that includes surgery. They said the team are going to have to make a decision at some point, and that, for me, is a big red flag that Ealers might not be playing, if not late until the season, maybe during the entire season. I mean, we might be missing Ehlers for the rest of the year, which would be really, really awful. I mean, he's one of our most talented skaters, one of our most um, creative forwards, and somebody who just does a world of good for this team. In fact, he's been at times before Shifley kind of returned. Ehlers was the guy carrying the offensive torch for this team. He brings so much transition skill. He's got a great shot. His passing is excellent. He's so good in possession. So for him to have a lingering injury that might need surgery is, it's not great. Uh, and and the Jets are going to now have to figure out how to replace that, which there's not going to be many options. Uh, but what is kind of in Winnipeg's favor is that a lot of teams are needing defenders. And some of those teams include the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ottawa has been snooping around. Apparently somebody vetoed a trade somewhere to Ottawa. Might have been maybe Nate Schmidt from the Jets. He's got like a no trade list of some sort. Uh, But, you know, thinking about it more broadly, a lot of teams need defenders. A lot of teams are dealing with injuries. Mm, You know, a lot of squads just don't really have great defensive depth anyways, because thanks to COVID, they might have had to cut some salaries and stuff and uh, take cheaper contracts or they've lost guys to free agency or other deals. And so the Jets have a surplus of D. And it's very clear that players like Heinella need to get NHL reps. Same with Sandberg. Um, you know, arguably Stanley can slot into on, on like a rotational basis. And so the jets need to clear out that log jam and they have some contracts that they could probably move. Now, the one that I'm starting to think might have to be the choice that I doubt they'll do. Um, it's gotta be Pionk. I think he's probably the odd man out now. I don't think he really will be once the jets actually make a deal, but I think Neil has really struggled to uh, meet expectations for his contract. You know, he's being paid almost top pairing money. And he just hasn't really been the kind of guy that you can rely on for those situations. And I think his own frustration is really getting to him. Uh, you can see his body language and, and his constant muttering to himself and stuff. He, he's just not thriving the way that you would hope. Um, and given that the Jets want some cap space and need some flexibility, and Pionk still is a fantastic scorer, you know, he might make the most sense if the Jets want to acquire some real big forward help. Now, the guy I think that can really help the jets out I, I might have mentioned on previous episodes, but it's worth you know mentioning again it's Connor Garland. I think if you're looking at that price bracket uh, a little under five million dollars, but a guy who's got that pesky skill set um, can kind of do some of the marshand things around the slot where he you know draws contact he'll draw penalties, but he's also an elite scorer with a great understanding of space. Garland is exactly that kind of guy, and I think. On the current contract that he has, he's really great value. And once Ehlers is ready to return, Garland can further reinforce Winnipeg's top nine. I think he makes a ton of sense for the Jets. I think the Canucks would be more than happy to do a deal for, you know, some kind of a smaller package for Garland. Gets the money off the books. Gets their rebuild kind of, you know, on track, I guess. But um, aside from that, I mean, there are some like middle six options and it might be something I take a look at on tomorrow's episode. But the long and short of it is the Jets really need to make a move because Ealer's missing time is going to be tough. The Jets are what, like 10-4-1 right now, which is fantastic. But when you're looking at how they're winning these games, you can tell that they still need some, some reinforcement. So hopefully Chevy goes shopping. He uses that surplus of D to start fetching us some some forward help. I think this team would really benefit from it. Bones would probably really appreciate it. And it would put the Jets in a better position to start cementing their role at the uh, the top of the central. But... Until then, obviously, we have a lot to get through, and the season is yet many, many more months. So we'll see how the Jets handle things, and hopefully Winnipeg keeps on keeping on, at least when it comes to winning games. For tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It features the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.